So uh, the mobile chicane is now at Manukau, and we're um, chatting with uh, European Junior Cup rider Troy Besaidno. Troy, thank you very much for, for joining us here today. Um, how did it start for you to get involved in uh, motorcycle racing? I mean, you, you hail from South Africa. Did you actually do any racing in South Africa at all? Well, it's very nice to be here. And, well, I've been racing for a very, very long time. I think this year is now my 10th year involved in racing. Um, I started racing in South Africa when I was very young. I did my first ever year of racing when I was eight in 2008 obviously an easy way to remember my age but yeah I, I started racing 50 cc's with Darren Bender, Adolf Boschoff, all the guys that are in Moto3 or in national championships I raced against mm -hmm. back however many years ago mm -hmm. and then I carried on in South Africa until 2013 when unfortunately I had to stop racing because there was no class for me to go into so at the end of 2014 when I was old enough I came over and did two European Junior Cup wildcards and one I finished 13th and the other one I crashed out because of a silly mistake I made in the race but it's one of those things so we carried on uh, to 2015 with the Junior Cup and we we're gonna just try again but because I didn't have any bike to ride at that point because we had just moved to Spain uh, I had no bike to ride so I went throughout 2015 just going race to race to race so I struggled a lot when it came to getting on the bike and getting onto pace for this show we had a bike so I practiced I had a motard so I was able to just carry on keeping my mind in the game and just carrying on riding more and more and more which has really helped me this year a lot so from going from 8th to 7th and then coming from injury for an unfortunate in incident so it's been a really tough year and it's just getting better and better and better now yeah it's been it's actually been a massive improvement and you actually ended up finishing on the podium for the first time last time out at, at Lasset's ring but uh, what was the, what were the conditions like over there I mean uh, it was a pretty wet circuit and of course Lasset's ring is also pretty bumpy yeah I mean it was a really tough race because it was half and half in the beginning it was more wet than dry and I still said to my dad before we went out, but once you have chosen a tire for your, the race, there's no chance of changing it because a rear tire takes a long while to change on this bike. So it was, you had to decide before the race on what you wanted and everybody went with weights. No one chose a slick drive because if you chose a dry, it was a good, good chance of crashing in the opening laps. Mm. But as of lap four to five, it started drying out and there was a distinct dry line it was hard to keep the tires cool because it was just overheating and that was my problem during the race because I just kept on cooking my tire and we were running very very soft settings to accustom for the the conditions on the track so when I decided I would go with the softer settings on the line I told my dad let's go a bit harder but even then we still did not go hard enough because going into the turns we had massive head shakes on the brakes and it was really really hard to ride in and whenever you touch the power the bike would just slide so everybody was in the same boat and we just carried on on how we were riding do, do you think that this type of riding um, goes along and teaches you how to ride around problems um, in, a, in a situation like this with uh, changing conditions yeah well it's that is the main reason why you come to Europe because you want to be tested to your maximum level ability I mean you don't want to go and just have 
Or yes, of course, having a dry race would be perfect or just having a full wet race, but having half and half, it shows you which rider has the ability to ride in both conditions and go around those problems and just continue to just try harder and harder without falling and that's the main thing. Okay, now you've come through to Manuco fresh from your podium um, and uh, you, you, you've had a couple of issues to begin with, but uh, first, what are your impressions of the circuit? And how, does, uh, how do you feel your riding style adapts to it? I mean, I love this track. I've ridden here twice before and it hasn't been kind to me, but I absolutely love this track. It is fast, it is flowing, and then all of a sudden there is just a full happen in the middle, mm. which is perfect. I love it. I love hard braking and I love the fast turns. It suits my riding style, I think. But then again, we've had some bad luck, but we had a technical error yesterday and... We fixed it, of course. My dad and I, he's been working non-stop on the bike because of me, and I can't thank him enough because of it. So on Friday, we fixed it. We came to the uh, Saturday, and I've only done four laps this weekend so far. So for what I have been and which positions I, I'm in, it's been a good job so far. Now it's just to bring it all together for the qualifying and hope for the best. Now the circuit seems to be quite wet at the moment. I mean, we had a lot of rain, so of course with all the rain that we've had, the circuit is now green, so the grip is no longer there. Um, and then you're probably switching to soft settings again because of the fact that it's wet weather conditions? Well, it really depends on how the track dries out, because if it's half and half, I'll definitely go harder on the bike than what it is right now. But if it's rain, if it's still wet, we'll keep it dry. Well, ah, sorry, wet. Mm. But if there is enough that it's drying out, which it should do because the track dries out very fast, we learned that uh, two years ago. Mm. So if it dries out quick enough, I'll be very happy to just try and ride in the dry, get the practice I need. Which do you prefer, dry or wet weather racing? Well, I love both. I mean, dry I love, wet I also like, but I'm not, I like it but it's not really kind to me, I'm good, but then I'll have a, a small little crash depending on how the situation goes because I push and I push and I, I'm just trying to find that limit. Mm -hmm. And once I find the limit, it's just, you because you don't know where all the bumps are and I just touched a bump today and I had a big high side, but mm. I'm all right now. So, because I didn't have the track time yesterday, mm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So uh, your parents are, of course, very much involved in your racing. And um, uh, do they actually go along and suggest making the move through to Spain? Well, I mean, that wasn't just all my decision mm -hmm. just because of me. It was because of many factors on how we were in South Africa. And it was just, it was because of my racing, but it was also because uh, my parents went and bought a business a scuba diving business which is one of my main sponsors for this show yes but if it wasn't for my mom and dad i would not be racing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, so now with them they're going along and actually helping you repair your machine in the pits and uh, getting ready um and i know mothers are particularly uh, worrisome about their children H how does your mom handle this well uh, it's a funny story because i don't ever see it i think everybody's just cool calm and collected but it's obviously not the case because my mom 
she she stresses a lot mm. but I mean that's a part of any mom's job at the track just to try and keep a cool head but still freaking out slightly mm-hmm. but I mean at Lauter's Shrink uh, she told me that she could not stay on the pit wall she had to put up my board do the times and then she had to walk away and go back to the side of the by the pits and then she would have to walk back because she couldn't take it and my dad was apparently the same so I mean it's not just my mom who's mm. uh, very worrisome it's also my dad but that's just a part of it because up at this level there's just a little bit more to worry about all the riders just the massive amount of stress because just in Lancetring I'd never done that well and where I was so it was just a bit I can't say mesmerizing but it was just a bit strange and that feeling my mom had was just like that you know mm-hmm. yeah so Every, it was it was really good, but I'm glad they stress if that makes sense. Yes, no, of course. Because if there isn't that that feeling of just stress, and it's a good type of feeling, you know. Because if you just if you're not stressing and you like you're very overconfident, it's not good at all. Mm. For me, I prefer to be. I try to stay cool, but you, you can't. You mm. just got that feeling, and it's it's very nervous. I just hide it well. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> um, you do you still go through to school now that you're actually racing? I mean, how does your schooling work? I mean, you're 16 years old. It's at the time where people would go along and finishing off their schooling in Europe. Uh, how, how would this pan out for you? Well, for this year, I've been doing uh, the international schooling in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I go to a half English, half Spanish school. And it's, to me, I find it really, really good because I meet people from all around the world and one of my best friends is Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to meet them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at least uh, that way it's, it still continues. Yeah, yeah, no, I can't stop school because my mom believes school is one of the most important things even from when I was small. But but if they couldn't accommodate my racing, it's it's a situation that might have to change you know because what you might go change classes or something like that it, it really it depends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now you're a tall young man um, how does riding a uh, EJC machine affect you I mean do you have to fold yourself up more a little uh, in comparison with riding the bigger bikes and um, I, mean, I know you're not going to be here forever so what are your what are the ideas that you would like to pursue for future for the future well as you may know the EJC is stopping as of next year mm-hmm. yeah press release was sent out two days ago that's right so I have got some plans for the future and because right now the EJC is the best choice for me and it was definitely a good year for me and it was just a lot easier to go carry on with the EJC because although I may be big I just make the most of the bike I, I am quite large and I struggle to tuck in but we are down on top speed of course but I'm still trying mm. I'm still one of the lightest on the bike so mm. I'm trying my best and my dad we are working non-stop on the bike to find that those couple extra kilometers on just finding the way to get the wheels to spin just finding all sorts of areas and to improve the bike without breaking the rules of course yeah. because the rules are very important mm-hmm. and you aren't <sighs> Cheaters never win and winners never cheat. That's my philosophy on how it should be. Yeah. So, And I couldn't bam to myself if we even had to do something like that. And my parents feel exactly the same. 
So we all, we always strive to be the best within the legal rules. Fantastic. Um, the EJC machine, what do you think are its strong points for you and its weak points? Well, obviously the strong points for me is the fact that I have the confidence in the front of the bike where because it's very very heavy on the front because that's where a lot of the weight is mm. so and because of the Pirelli tires they're really really good and they're one of the best I just you can run in and it's just really really comfortable that's for me is my strongest point on the bike especially on the brakes because not everybody brakes and just tips the bike in they brake let go and just turn it mm. so it's like that slow movement where mm. this bike you can it's, I call it my tractor because it's just very slow, but it's got that torque. So that initial pull is mm -hmm. really, really good. Mm -hmm. But then after that, it just feels like you're riding a tractor. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just that feeling where you're on the brakes. It, it's just comfortable, you know. It's not like one of those bikes where, like a Ducati Panigale, where it's mm -hmm. just constant. It's always on the run. Mm -hmm. The bike's all over the show. To me, the bike is very comfortable to ride and very easy to ride. Mm -hmm. It's very adaptable. Mm -hmm. But also the weak points is the fact that the bike is so heavy on the front and then just very, very light on the rear. Uh -huh. So it's not that good, to be honest, that way. So mm -hmm. It's just very much, especially in the wet, it's, it can slide a lot and you've got to be very, very careful. And also because the front's so light, ah, so heavy, forgetting my words here. Mm, no problem. Uh, it's because it's, it's so heavy, mm. it can tuck the front very easy. Mm, so, mm. And that's why most crashes you see, dry or wet, it's just very, very gentle because the bike is so heavy and it's so large and when it tips over, it just lifts up a bit and it slides. Mm, mm. That's interesting. I didn't know the front end was as heavy as it, uh, as you've uh, stated. No. Yeah, to wheelie it is so incredibly hard. You've got mm. to like, you've got to feather the clutch and just dump the clutch eventually it just picks up and it's really good <laughs> it's losing out to the super sport 300 class which also was now um, uh, announced earlier on this week uh, what do you what is your take on that well uh, it depends on which way you look at it I mean for me the EJC it's it's a bit of an unfortunate turn of events because I'm not gonna get to be in it anymore so, and a lot of people in the EJC are too big to go down to a 300, so they won't be able to do so. They'll probably have to go back to their respective championships in Europe or, or America, wherever they're from. So it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's yes, it's good. It's doing a lot of good for the sport. I mean, it's gonna bring a lot more spectators and then a lot more bikes gonna be on the field and it's gonna be very very close racing mm. but it's also they're gonna miss out on the stepping stone from instead of going 650 600 where it's a closer step you can judge riders more on who can actually maybe perform on a 600 it's just gonna be going straight from the 300 to the 600 and there's a big step between that because mm. there's only gonna be maybe 40 horsepower on the 300 yeah about yeah about that and then on the other bike, it's on the 650, it's double that, mm. even more. Mm. So you're gonna really be missing out on that crucial stepping stone. Mm. And for me, they should have tried to keep the EJC, but if the 300 brings more spectators and it does more good for the sport, they're gonna have to do that. I, I mean, it's what you would want, isn't it? Just to try expand the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think if you want to try and expand the sport, then uh, keep both classes. That would be a good idea, but 
where can you find the time already as it is because of when you go to some European races they are for example Germany there's IDM championships yeah. that come to it mm. so it's there's it always that bit of time it's very hard to find yeah it, th- this is true but I mean uh, if they're running it throughout Europe and they don't need to rely on support classes like IDM I mean IDM is one of the exceptions really that provides a, a support uh, show to to a main superbike event well yeah but the support classes just bring the local riders into the championship and it gives them a chance to be discovered. Because mm. not everybody can come and do a wild card on a 650. Some people ride 1,000, some people ride 600, some people ride 300. Mm. And you can't just rely on one class to just bring the riders to, you know, yes. just get discovered. Mm-hmm. So when they're bringing in the local uh, classes, they're bringing them into some riders can get discovered because you don't want all Spanish or all British riders in the championship. You're going to want some Swiss. You're going to want some South Africans. You're going to want some Hungarians. Mm. It's one of the... You You don't want just a championship that's one nationality. Mm. You're going to want from all around Europe and mm. that's what I think they're trying to do. So do you think this is uh, leads to the next thing with regards to CEV and, and the, the thousand CCs and how they're going to amalgamate that onto the superbike scene? Um, do you think this is how the CV and uh, the, the European Championship is going to move? To be honest, I don't know, and nobody knows at this point. So it's maybe one of those things that might happen, or it might not. So it's really depending on what happens. Okay. Well, Troy, thank you very much for your time, and uh, wishing you the best for the weekend and the rest of the year. Thank you very much. It was nice speaking to you. Thank you.